0: Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's
1: your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 122 of Can I Pick Your Brain. What if I told you how to reach 100 million people? What if I told you that there is a recipe for creating a viral post? Seems too good to be true? Well, there is someone who has cracked the code, hacked the system, and knows the secret. A young, unassuming guy wearing a backwards cap. His name is Josh Fechter, and he's the co-founder of Banff Media, a growth hacking media agency. His Facebook group, Badass Marketers and Founders, has almost 20,000 members, and Mark Zuckerberg, named it one of his favorite groups. Josh pioneered what was later coined Broetry, an easy to read style of writing, which I've been using and has been an absolute game changer. His books have been voted number one on Product Hunt and Forbes named him one of the top 12 innovative founders to watch and learn from. As always, here's a short wrap to help introduce my guest, here goes. From a downward spiral to going viral, he gets more views than the daily news. Content machine, his book is supreme, set fire to your gasoline. No need to shout and scream, his stuff ain't mainstream. Through failing ventures, frustration aggravation, he's mastered the art of communication. Now he's impacting a nation, a movement, a congregation. His work's a revelation, welcome to the new generation. So without hesitation, I welcome to you a new breakthrough, a super connector, creative director, the one and only, Josh Fechter. Josh, welcome to the show and thanks for having me pick your brain.
0: Awesome. Wow man, that is the best intro I have ever Woo-hoo! received by far. So yeah. thank you for that. Wow. That was like Mata's Yahoo nah, mixed stop. with um, some <laughs> wow, that was cool.
1: <laughs> oh man, oh man. Wait, how many how many intros have you been given?
0: Uh, maybe like twenty. Um that's probably the best one by far. Nice. I mean every other one is very much I mean, they just take another clip, right? right? They don't even do it on the spot. That was that was cool,
1: dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm gonna put some hip hop background music to it, and I'll send it to you, so you can uh, you can use it do next it. time. Next time you go on stage, <laughs> you could just play it, like you know. Oh my god,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. You, sh- that, there should be a job for that. I don't know if there is, but there it's should so- totally be one.
1: Dude, I'm I'm like so pumped to have you on my show because you have literally changed the way that I write. Like that, I'm serious. My my book, I, I just published a book. It became a number one international bestseller. I wrote it in in a similar style to what you teach, and actually a lot of people came back to me after saying, you know, Daniel, I love reading your book because it's so easy to read, right? And I kind of want to get into that um broetry it's so interesting how they called it broetry um and <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure my listeners are also eager to find out you know how you managed to reach a hundred million people a hundred like i want to say that a hundred million like if i traveled the world and you got on stage and there's like you know a couple of hundred you might get you know a couple of thousand people in the crowd right hey, oh, okay. right here you're getting mm-hmm. yeah, in I front mean, of 100 million, geez. <laughs> so so here's the thing, here's the thing, I, I wanna get into that, but before we get into that and before we get all viral and all that, um, I wanna get to know you a little bit better, Josh. So what were you like growing up and how did you get into content marketing?
0: Oh gosh, so I started in a very different path than what I am now. And we had this conversation just a second ago. I was actually grew up very religious. Uh, I was in a Jewish household. And I spoke Hebrew, went to very orthodox schooling when I was younger. And actually prevented me from developing a lot of social skills, which was sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't to, I wasn't even allowed to talk to girls until I was around like 15
1: Uh, you know it's so funny because i i relate i didn't talk to girls until i was 18 but but it wasn't because of religion i mean i'm orthodox jewish as well but it was more because i was just shy and i looked like a nerd (laughs) (laughs) i love it that's pretty much oh Oh, man
0: and so i started studying psychology i think it was around the age of 18 just Mm. trying to Get better social skills when it came to business, uh, dealing with people who weren't religious because I was so used to that circle, right? Mm -hmm. And that helped me tremendously. So I started, I didn't push forward really hard until I had a couple startups that failed. It was right when I entered my senior year of college, I left. I already had two degrees at this point. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like I dropped out or anything, but I left college and founded this startup, ended up failing a year later, was the VP of marketing for a mobile app startup afterwards that one failed so it basically became really broke and what's funny about this story is i interviewed at two companies that are worth maybe 500 million dollars today oh my so one's goodness. called grammarly the other one's called looker and at the time when i interviewed oh. with them they had around 15 employees each
1: oh no <laughs> oh, how much did you figure out how much you'd be worth right now if you
0: <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Oh. I'm just, I couldn't believe it though. You just, no And it's so hard to see these things. Yeah. Um, and I just remember getting rejected from both those companies. So I ended up moving back with my DAX around money. And then to get out of my slump, I just read even more books on psychology, personal development, business, mm-hmm. marketing. And one of the cool things that I came across, I actually talked about this in a, uh, my speech over the weekend is I started reading these books about Gandhi, MLK, and really awesome leaders who created these movements, right? Mm-hmm. Movements before there was even an internet, before there was even social media marketing or content marketing. Right. And I wanted to know what they did, because if they could do it without it, then it just proves that there is other methodologies to mm-hmm. actually creating a movement, creating a following. So I got obsessed with that for a while, and ended up taking a lot of my learnings, it was sort of funny. At the time, I was working for this company uh, and I was making $12 an hour as a copywriter. It took a no huge way. pay cut just How because lo- no one wanted to hire me.
1: Oh, my God. How long ago was this, by the way? Just to context. Oh, man. This
0: may be like four years ago.
1: That's it? That's it? Yeah. Four years ago? <laughs> Dude, it sounds like I'm serious. It sounds like you're talking about like, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Like, you know, this is crazy. So, in like sh- sh- a very short period of time, you've become. Like, the guy on LinkedIn. I mean, you are the freaking guy on LinkedIn. It's crazy. It's insane.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, if you're first to anything, you just become that guy, right? Right. I want to say that I was, you know, first to it. Granted, there were a couple of people who were already publishing a little bit of similar content. But mine was much more story-driven. And I think mm-hmm. that's what attracted people. That it was very genuine stories. And they're <laughs> like, wow, like, he's actually documenting every piece of his life. And it's very real.
1: So that's really interesting about the documenting thing because I want to get into that as well. Um, I'll tell you why. I recently had an idea for for my company um, to document everything, like to literally create a Facebook group and then just every thought that I have about the business, like any ideas, I'm just going to video myself. I actually took a video of myself the other day in my bathrobe because I came out the shower and of course you get the best ideas in the shower, right? (laughs) <laughs> right. So so I came out it's and I, I didn't want to lose the idea. So I'm in my bathrobe taking a video, like sharing my idea. Right. And I kind of, obviously I asked my wife permission for all this, but she's like, yeah, do whatever you want. As long as it's bringing the money in, you know, <laughs> as long as it's paying the bills. Right. So, but then I thought to myself like, am I spending too much time on this? Like, am I gonna get completely distracted? Because I put out a post on Facebook and LinkedIn saying, hey, who would be interested in in joining the group and and, you know come backstage and I'll show you everything that goes on in my company from scratch, like how I'm gonna build it. And and I got like 200 people within 24 hours just going, yes, I want in, I want in. But then I'm like, oh no, do I really wanna do this? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Do I really wanna do this? What do you think? Because I think there's a lot of people who will listen to this and they'll think, okay, great, yeah, building a community, okay, great, yeah, you know, content creation, yeah. I want to pay the bills. I want I want real, I want something that's real. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's what people will be thinking mm-hmm. listening to this.
0: Yeah, one of the hardest things for people to understand is that there's so many different types of businesses. And one of the things that I've noticed coming from a software background is that the services industry is very different. Like in services industry, you may not make a sale for like a month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. When you do make a sale, it could be for like $40,000 reoccurring. Mm-hmm. But you have to have that in you to wait that month and a half, right? Yeah, you're just like, when is it going to come? <laughs> I know I'm talking to a few people. Right. Might have to have seven more conversations with them and with just a way different feeling. Mm -hmm. So in terms of whenever you're marketing a service industry online, there's no direct path, especially if the the size of the deal is much higher. You just have to have extreme personal brand awareness. So we're based in the service industries as an agency, and we have no direct funnel. It's not like clicks on Facebook ad, converts into customer, right? (laughs) There's none of that.
1: buys a pair of shoes, right, exactly.
0: (laughs) I wish it was the case. Gosh, uh, and in the software industry, it's just so much easier, right? It's very easy to have predictability there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and especially as the software is a low cost. Grant, there are softwares that are very expensive too, and you only sell them to larger corporations. And I totally get that. Um, but it's really those industries are made for different people. And I talked to a good friend of mine. He's one of the founders of Book in a Box. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's super smart dude, and what he told me. He said a lot of people when they start e-commerce companies or software companies and their pricing is pretty low, mm-hmm. they become very detached from their customer. And there's not a strong relationship built there. Yeah. And you may have thousands of very like thin relationships, right, mm-hmm. through your customer support. But if you're in a service industry and you have a high-priced item, you're talking about you have to be best friends with your customer in yeah. order for them to buy from you. Right. No,
1: I agree <laughs> with that. That's the
0: only way it works.
1: So you're saying that basically if you're if you're selling a high-end product or service then you need to build very close relationships with each of your clients and you got to go deep. If you're in a low, you know, you know, commodity type business then it's not realistic and you could just do pretty much, you know, the regular old click click on an ad, go to the e-commerce site, buy and thank you very much. Is that what you're saying?
0: For the most part, yes. And there are ways around it. Um, you can turn a low-priced product into a higher-priced product. And for example, let's say you have you know, 50,000 people who are buying your meditation sweatshirts, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could hold a workshop or a conference on meditation. And now you're developing a lot more, many more relationships and more in-depth relationships with your customers. Hmm. But there are so few companies that take that route because I think they get very comfortable with not being customer-facing. And just to make that switch in your head and say, hey, we're also going to do something where it really involves our community. Mm -hmm. Actually, you have to admit it to yourself that you want to be friends with these people at the end of the day, right? That you didn't just build a sales funnel and it converted, that you right. actually want to be friends. Right. And I think that scares people.
1: Right, well here's the thing that I, I, I look at it as, as almost like real estate, right? So building a community is like owning real estate. You own it. Whereas buying ads is like renting properties. You, is, you, you keep renting it and it keeps getting more expensive, right? You, if you rent a, an apartment in Manhattan, it's only going to go up and you don't own it. But if you own the building, it's gonna go up in value and then you have an even more valuable asset, right? So, you know, if, if it takes a longer, it, there's much longer in terms of return on investment. Like building a community takes time, you don't make money at the beginning, but in the long run, you've pretty much got something that nobody can ever take away from you. Whereas I could put money in Facebook ads today, so short term I can maybe make a return, but A, I can lose all my money doing that, and B, is it's going to get more expensive because more competitors are going to come in and, and Facebook's going to increase the price, right?
0: Correct. And it's definitely a huge problem today. I mean, at the moment, we're seeing a lot of these channels that were basically almost free to play on years ago, so expensive today, and you have to become better and better to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. So funny story is when I had my first startup and I had just left college. It was an online publication similar to Elite Daily, and you know we were college kids. We didn't have great innovative ideas, and we just took what we knew, sort of pieced together this publication. And when we were, ran Facebook ads, we could get a click through. I think it was for .00 of a one oh of a cent. Right, it was God. so cheap. Uh, and, uh, and this. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and off a college budget, we were getting twenty four thousand visitors a day, oh. which was just insane. And now people can't even imagine that, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's and to me, when that happened, all I could think about was <laughs> so. The story gets even funnier because I thought we were just going to be the next Elite Daily. We we're going to blow up, you know, sell our company for a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I had no had no idea about business or any of that. I was very uneducated. And I got offered my dream job at the same time. No. And no! <laughs> so the woman tells me, she's like, we would love to hire you. And it was for a political organization called Young Americans for Liberty. Mm-hmm. I was really excited. I actually ran their uh, chapter in San Diego. Yeah. And what ended up happening was, is I said, no, I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Woo hoo. <laughs> Uh,
1: and then the startup failed six months later. No, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. Oh man, listen, that's life. That's a, and, and and by the way, same analogy, right? Same analogy. You can work for someone, and you know you get your paycheck every month, and that's great. But then, they own you. They own your life, right? So if you start your own business, you may, not, you may not be able to pay the rent or put food on the table for the first couple of months, or maybe for the first year. But then after that, you own your business, it's yours, and you own the rights to your life. So again, it depends on what you wanna invest in, right? Um, and you've, Josh, you've built something that it's unbreakable, right? It's untouchable. You've built yourself a community. And so no matter what happens, on facebook like facebook's changing its algorithms all the time and and it's getting more expensive and linkedin also i mean ads you know they're changing everything but now that you've got a community you can basically just talk to your community nobody owns that except you how do you build that that's what i really want to do because i think i think people are sold on the idea and now what how do they start what do they do
0: great question and you know, I just want to start off with a funny story that relates to, you know, what you just asked. So this mm-hmm. guy the other day, he complained. He said, you know, you're treating this community like you own it. And he started, you know, trolling <laughs> me a little bit inside the Facebook group. Yeah. And I was like, I do own it. And I just blocked <laughs> it, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I think that's the cool part is people are like, you know, and I said, if you want you know, for your opinion to be heard, go start your own community, right? Mm, yeah. I'm more than happy to listen to it, but there is a point where I can just turn it off.
1: Yeah,
0: And granted, it's not easy at all. One of the things about communities is you know that the leader is tends to be more passionate about the subject that he's presenting than 99% of the people within the community. Mm-hmm. So you definitely need someone who's going to be passionate enough to produce good content and keep everybody updated. Not just because they think of it as a sales funnel, but because they think of it of them actually enjoying their life by sharing with people all these cool things that they find. And it, it's funny because it never started as a way for me to make money. That was never my intention. Really? The group actually started and it was called San Francisco Growth Hackers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I put 11 people in there that I thought were the best growth hackers I knew. And I said, this is a testament to how good of work we can produce. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, And the only thing i going to allow in this group is the best case studies in the world. <laughs> and it just turned out that I was the only one producing case studies. <laughs> <Like> everybody <laughs> else was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> and it was just a nerdy outlet. And what ended up happening is founders caught on, especially after I emailed a ton. I emailed like maybe 50,000 people to join, to be honest. Um, Wait, you very emailed 50,000
1: people? 50, <laughs> How the freak, how do you even get that many emails?
0: So we used a tool called Hunter.io that yeah. just scraped LinkedIn at scale. And then we bulk emailed these people using tools like Mailshake, Google Apps. And wow. we ended up shooting out so many targeted emails. And that's how we knew that everybody I was joining was a CMO, founder, VP of, wow. of marketing.
1: Don't you get penalized which- for that, though, on LinkedIn if you use a scraper? Don't you get smacked
0: yes today (laughs) it's much harder than it used to be it used to be much easier and what i mean by that is like linkedin and especially we're seeing it with some of our clients as well you Mm -hmm. can't view as many profiles anymore and you can't go and grab emails at scale you can do half as what you could do just a month and a half ago which is crazy Um, so there's always this little period of time right or you can do something like this
1: <laughs> okay so but, okay. but can, can I just say something? because I, I feel like you know people listening to this will be like okay great don't tell me what you did that worked because I can't do it I don't want I don't want to know what worked before that's like telling me oh you bought subprimes in 2008 and I mean uh, foreclosures and then you flipped it and made cat well, wonderful I can't do that now so <laughs> what 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 can yeah. you what can you do today if I was to take your your whole community right now I'm not, I'm not going to do it, Josh, don't worry. And I was like, strip it away from you, right? You woke up tomorrow morning and you literally had nothing. You had no connections on LinkedIn. You didn't have your Banff group of all your groupies in there. Um, what would you do?
0: That's a great question. So there's two ways I would approach this. One is I'd still get people's emails at scale, just not scrape LinkedIn. Okay. So there are already lists that you can go ahead and buy. Here's the thing, though. Um, you have to target a different segment. If you rather than marketers and founders, they've gotten this email before and people have tried to copy me with the same niche. Oh, wow. So it doesn't work for this one anymore because people recognize it. Mm-hmm. But if you try a different niche, such as like a fitness niche, whatever it may be, it'll still work for that. Um, but if you are in the marketers and founders niche, there's still another way. And that is posting a lot on LinkedIn and doing statuses every several weeks and that say, hey, um, I started this community for X people In here you'll meet X people, which could be BC, C level executives, mm-hmm. CEOs. And if you're interested in joining, drop a comment on this post and I'll reach out to you or I'll have my assistant reach out to you with a link. And okay. those type of posts, which are just statuses, right? They're not LinkedIn yeah. published articles They're just statuses. They can get somewhat times upwards of 2000 comments. Wow. Here's the thing though. Not all those people are quality members. There's probably going to be around maybe 20% of those people will be quality members. So Mm -hmm. make sure to reach out to the right people. And the great part about LinkedIn is you can bet them ahead of time. So you're seeing these people comment and you just click on their profile really quickly. They look cool. Send them the link.
1: Two questions for you. Number one is... um Isn't that very tedious to like have to manually send links to 2,000 people? Is there not? Why can't you just put the link in the, um, well, I know you can't put it in the status. For those listening, the reason why you can't put it in the status is because LinkedIn doesn't like links outside of LinkedIn, just like Facebook. So you put it in the comment, right? So why don't you just write in the status, click on the comment below, and then they just click the comment, they just click the link in the comment and then boom, you don't have to reach out to them.
0: So that works too from what we've seen just not as well. What we do is we just take advantage of outsourcing and I have a VA that reaches out to every single person who will comment on a post. Um, We also have a tool that extracts people who comment on posts and we can plug it into an auto message tool which works really well too. Uh, But because I know the people listening don't have those custom tools in house, Mm -hmm. you can still hire a virtual assistant for maybe $3 an hour to just message all these people.
1: And are they messaging them as you?
0: No, I have them messaged from their own profiles.
1: Okay, so they create their own profile on LinkedIn. They message them saying, Hi, I'm Josh Vechter's VA, um, blah, 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 right? And then you... You're getting them in a Facebook group, right? You've got nearly twenty thousand members right now in the group. Um, why not LinkedIn group? Meaning, it seems like you're killing it on on LinkedIn, right? You're getting, you know, how many how many views are you getting a post? Like every time you post a status, what are you getting? Like maybe
0: a- like. 500,000,
1: I think. That's freaking nuts, <laughs> half a million. It's like Tony Robbins doesn't get that when he goes on the stage, <laughs> you, do you realize that? Like I just went like, <laughs> no, that's absolutely insanity. So you're getting half a million views every time you post a status, right? So why wouldn't you just create everything on LinkedIn? Forget Facebook, like why you? Why do you focus on the group and Facebook just create a, a LinkedIn group and just have everybody, have everybody there go into the LinkedIn group?
0: Oh, I've thought about this a number of times. And the reason I don't is because the notification settings are so poor. Hmm. And what I mean by that, if I post in a group, then the chance of someone getting notified of that and recognizing that notification over others is much lower. And the reason is, on LinkedIn, you could have thousands and thousands of connections, right? So you have tons of notifications, and on a Facebook, you may only have 700 friends, right? Right. A lot of people don't have more friends than that. So when they get a notification, oh, they're right. very likely to check it out. Hmm.
1: I feel popular now. Most people only have 700 friends on Facebook? Wow, They actually have a lot less. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Well, I feel good now because like, you know, I'm not at 5,000 yet. And I feel like, oh, my God, why am I not at five? The truth is, though, is I don't accept everyone. I know some people, they accept anyone and everyone like, you know, some weird looking person dressed as a I don't know what in who knows where. But I I just (laughs) I'm very selective. So on. But speaking about that as well, on LinkedIn, I get a lot of um, requests and I'm sure you get a lot of requests. Do you just accept? everyone and anyone because that helps you get more um eyeballs and it helps you know you know more likes you get the more um love you get on linkedin
0: no i'm actually the most specific about linkedin in terms of people who i accept Why? and the reason for that is so i download all my connections and i remarket to them with facebook ads and i don't want to be targeting facebook ads to people who hmm. one i'll never work with they'll never buy from me or Who just don't even read my content. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really want the people who I'm going to benefit to see my Facebook ads. So that's a really big reason. And then you're also your connections determine the second and third degree connections who will see your content. So that that's one of the factors. There's a lot of factors, including, you know, what skills you have on your profile as well. So if you have relevant skills, um, well, if you have skills, uh, the people who view your content will probably have similar skills.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. And also, I love the fact that you just said that you also send, you send ads specifically to people who are already connected to you on LinkedIn. So essentially, you, you are still taking advantage of paid media, but your paid media is going way, way further than anybody else because you're targeting people who already know you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I think that's the cool part is you're trying to create that ecosystem where someone sees you on LinkedIn and they're like, "Ah, oh, does this guy really know what he's doing? And then <laughs> they see you on Facebook and they see right. your ad. They're like, man, he must know what he's doing. <laughs>
1: right. They see you everywhere, right? You suddenly pop. Like, they have one contact with you and suddenly it's like, dude, this guy's following me around. What the heck is going on? He's everywhere, right? That's 100%. Cool.
0: That's what I tell people. Like As soon as you take any step into the community or even into my personal brand you will never leave it. Oh it's my crazy God, it's, because uh, people tell me that all the time.
1: That sounds kind of stalkerish, Josh. I mean, <laughs> tell us a bit about your background. I mean, what really happened back then? Was there, <laughs> was there stalker behavior going on? Like the 15, you know, you're 15, you hadn't have the girlfriend and you kind of, all right, we're not, we're not going into that. Going back to your <laughs> post statuses, half a million per status. Okay, how do you do that? Because right now, between me and you, um, about a month ago, I was at about three thousand to five thousand uh, a status, and I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, "Oh my god, three thousand to five thousand. Like LinkedIn, I'm lucky if I get like you know a 200 likes. You know that's big. How? And now I just started cracking the ten thousand mark because um, I've just been posting every single day. I post one post, and it's something that's just emotional. I put, so I play some music in the background if. Tell me if i'm crazy but i play some music in the background it kind of gets my emotions going and i start getting a bit poetic and, and artistic with the, with the post and i use your formula and and it seems to have worked because i've went from five thousand to ten thousand per status but how do you get from ten thousand to half a million like you know or, or how do you go from zero to ten thousand for those listening that aren't even at the ten thousand mark
0: yeah great question so one of the things I noticed the difference between I'll start with 10,000 to five hundred thousand mm-hmm. is that the formula is always followed perfectly there's not one thing that's wrong with it okay and I mean not even one thing it's just crazy how that Are you works serious
1: right?
0: and we've seen this repeated we have some writers on staff and we have um, one who applied to work for us and we said here's a style guide go write six viral posts in a row and mm-hmm. if you can do that with this style guide then we'll hire you mm-hmm. and the first post she wrote got 10,000 engagements this wow. is after like she would maybe get 150 engagements right what? and the second one got 26,000 and I was like wow this is wow. cool
1: Like <laughs> 26,000 is views right
0: 26,000 engagements so 26,000 engagements is probably like several million views
1: what?
0: I know,
1: man. Come on. And all it is, is it's a formula. It's just like a, like a, how many steps are there in this formula? Like, what do you follow? What is it?
0: So one is you have to have a great intro and because you're on LinkedIn, ideally it's something career related and then you pull it into pain. Or you can start with pain. Okay, stop, stop
1: so, for a second. I'm going to cut in. Career-related. Okay, that's important. Why not, If it can it be business-related, like about founders, or it has to be career? Does it have to speak to, to everyone, or can it just be specific to your niche?
0: Great point. So it can be business-related too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't dive too deep into your niche. We've seen this over again where people tend to suffer because they start off with something too technical, and mm-hmm. it's not relatable to enough people. The technical people won't see your content if it doesn't get pushed out anyways, right? Correct. So start with something that's very relatable and then put in the technicalities at the end. Interesting. So we do that for a lot of people we work with. And what we see is as soon as that learning lesson comes up all the way at the end of the status, it's, it's like I founded this company and it does X and Y. And then people want to listen to it because they just went through this emotion-driven story and they want to know that little piece of what you do. And that's how you can insert that without seeming like you're selling to them, without, you know, pushing their technical boundaries a little bit too far to begin with.
1: Okay, so you start off with a catchy headline. So give us an example of something that would, you know, catch our interest.
0: Yeah, so I have this post I'm actually going to write today, which is sort of funny.
1: Ooh, okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear I it. Put
0: it. I put in my phone notes. So let, let, let me uh, yeah, get bring it, get
1: up it. the... Look at this, guys. You see that? We're, we're getting the we're getting, uh, preview of the post before it goes up. You're going to be one of the first of half a million people that see this post. <laughs> that's,
0: pretty, so, that's crazy. It said, I hired a new strategist. His first client asked to remove him from the project.
1: Ooh, I like that. That sounds like uh, Jerry Springer or like Oprah, you know, one of these like, <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, Jerry Springer is like way like, two. I don't know, 2000 or, or 1990s. Who's nowadays? Who, uh, what is the Kyle? Sonic Kyle, Jeremy Kyle, I don't know, whatever. One of these shows where they start beating each other up. So that's very, that's an interesting uh, headline. And is it true? Yeah, I know.
0: It's true. So everything we write is true. Okay. I think that's a beautiful part about it. So someone asked me, like, how do you write so many hiring posts? I'm like, well, we're making a lot of hires. Like, <laughs> it <was> about to-
1: <laughs> right. So basically, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to catch you in the first two sentences, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Correct. next part of the formula.
0: Next part of the formula is one is you can reveal what I like to call self-conscious thoughts. Of you going through this moment. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where the vulnerability comes into play. And you push it a little bit further and it mm-hmm. makes it very tangible. So, I would say something like, I had no idea what I should tell him. Um, mm. Like, and you're putting it into quotations, right? Right. So, this way people are like, wow, these are thoughts going through his head. This is pretty intense.
1: Mm.
0: And you could also pull it into some more, I'd like to say, Point on these emotional cues that have to do a lot with business as well as career related stuff. And that includes uh, my employee came from X background that he overcame, right? Mm -hmm. So creates his hero's journey. So we could dive into the more vulnerable aspects of his life as well. And through that, people are like, wow, like I'm now rooting for this guy. Like he did mess up, but. You know, I want him to win.
1: It's <laughs> like watching a movie. It's like watching a Hollywood movie, essentially. You're just basically taking the the, the the formula of what it takes to create a great Hollywood movie, and you're putting it and condensing it into a single status post. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? I mean, a movie, they've got to come up with a catchy title, right? Um, and then they've got to have the whole, you know, the storyline, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to go into the, dig into the emotions and you, there's always like a, a guy who you're rooting for, who becomes the hero at the end, right? That's exactly what you're doing.
0: hundred percent. And what most people don't realize is I actually used to be a fiction writer. I still am a fiction writer. So I love stories and it's only the, almost the only type of writing I read today is fiction. I don't read any more business books, maybe like a business book every six months, but I'll read fiction all the time. And I just knew that I was not going to make any money from fiction for a long time unless I built up this audience first.
1: (laughs) Right. You know what's really funny is that it's, it's interesting because you probably make more money reading fiction books than you would reading business books in a way.
0: Oh, it's so true. And everybody's always looking in the wrong places for advice. Hmm. I think they have to pursue what they really love. And I pursued fiction and for a while it made me no money. And right. then all of a sudden I found storytelling and status areas. Like you just never know what it is, right? Right. And I could release that passion in another way. And all of a sudden I have an audience. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like who would have thought?
1: Hmm. And the truth is is that you can build audiences in, in in many different ways. You do it through writing, I do it through speaking. Some people can do it through through video. But it's all the same formula, right? It comes down to you got to have great titles. So for example, my show, I'm going to have to have like, you know, a good title for this so that it hooks people in. And and then there's got to be, you know, we got to, it's got to be vulnerability, right? You said that you got to get vulnerable. Nobody really wants to just hear someone give advice. They want to hear a story. They want to hear about what happened. And that's really what storytelling is all about, right? It's about getting into the person's personal life, right?
0: Correct. And as I like to say, you earn the right to give advice through storytelling. Mm, I like and that. They, like, they say the same thing about sales and cold emailing, like earn the right to get in their inbox by mm. doing your research ahead of time. And I feel it's the same way with storytelling. you got to give them what they want and you've got to drive their emotions before you say, this is what you should do.
1: So what's the next part? So, you've, so they've written their catchy title. They've got their kind of their story. They've got the, the hero, right? The, the guy who's, who's on the down and out, but now people are rooting for him, right? The character. What's next?
0: So you pull in the twist. So the twist is, I, I twist. as you know the founder and CEO, people say, "What are you going to do to reprimand him?" Mm. But I'm not going to reprimand him at all. Instead, I'm going to thank him, right? Something oh, like that. Yeah. And be like, "Why would you thank him?" Right. And then, this is where all of a sudden the learning lessons start coming in. And he's, you know, like I'm thanking him because he just saved me. You know, let's say twenty thousand dollars in learning lessons. Because now he knows what he needs to do, and I no longer have to pay for that, right? So, And they're like, wow, like I didn't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. So just pulling them for that other loop and then tying it to a bigger picture at the end that's more relatable. And making sure you also tie that in with the reader. So using the words you Mm -hmm. more at the end of your status. So saying, you know, we all go through these same situations like every day. Mm -hmm. And many of us do X and Y. But it's when we take this step forward and lend our hand to others as we realize X, right? Mm. And that's when it really drives the point home. And people are like, wow, I can walk away
1: with this. Mm. That's amazing. I know what my next post is going to be about now. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> no, I'll tell you, it's very interesting. I, I had a, 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 a person who was a potential client for for launching a podcast show. And I I, I pushed her. Like I I kind of, you know, I did the hard sell, right? And a couple of days went by and then she, I kind of followed up with her and she said, you know, Daniel, I really like you. And because I like you so much, I want to give you feedback. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm not going to sign up, but I want to get on a call with you and tell you why. And she gets on a call with me and she basically tells me that ultimately she felt, there was too much pressure. It was too much of like a hard sell. And we had this whole, like literally 45 minute conversation and she's built a, a, um, an eight figure business, right? And so she's, you know, 10 years older than me, she's wiser and she's giving me all this advice. And you know what I said to myself when I put down that phone, I said, I might have lost $3,000 worth of business from her, but I gained a lot more than $3,000 from that conversation.
0: That's cool. That that's a great ending right there. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: love it. <laughs> I just gotta remember, I'm going to write that one down. So, so you've written that beautiful bit of um, uh, content there, and you put it out. What about distribution? It does is just putting it out on LinkedIn and just leaving it enough, or do you go and put it other places? So, what else do you do? It.
0: That's a great question. So. Primarily I just put it on LinkedIn and then I save it in a Google Drive so I can repost it later, maybe six months uh, you know, down the line. And that saves me from having to produce original content every day. Well, you so were you producing I the same repost. content
1: every six months?
0: Um, you know, it's not timed out perfectly. Uh, so maybe every six months, eight months. Hmm. And what I've seen is that some of my early posts, that let's say they got 7,000 engagements. Yeah. I'll repost them. And there's one in particular that ended up getting over 40,000 engagements on a repost. And I was <sighs> just like, wow, that's crazy because it took me no effort. That's so interesting.
1: <laughs> well, do you only post once a day or you post a few times on, on LinkedIn?
0: I try to post once a day. Sometimes I don't get around to it, which... It's very hard being, I'm trying to get people to take a little bit more of uh, my uh, time off my plate mm-hmm. in terms of some of the activities I'm doing. And then I'll be able to push out a lot more content. We we're hoping actually for someone to start this week for, to help me out and offload some of my work and they ended up not working for us, so now I'm going through another round of interviews.
1: Mm. So, so, but once a day you're saying is enough, you, you shouldn't do more than once a day?
0: No, you could do twice a day. I'd space it out twelve hours in between each. Okay. But honestly, you only need once a day if it's really good content, and yeah. it's already hard enough to do once a day. So I wouldn't put pressure on yourself to do twice a day.
1: Okay. So now I'm 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 trying to put my head. I always I'm always thinking about okay what what are my listeners thinking right now? What do they want to ask? Right? And I, if I was listening to this, I would probably be itching to say something like, okay, great, 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 great. So 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 we build it up, we get this content out, and you've got you know, 20,000 people viewing a, a, a post. But how do you turn eyeballs into paying clients? I, I can't pay my bills. I can't go into, into into you know, whatever, a supermarket and, and buy milk and eggs for, well, look, I've got 100,000 views here. Can you <laughs> look at me like I'm freaking nuts, right? How do you turn it into cash? So what do you do with all of those views?
0: Yeah, great question. So what we do is we tag our company page in every status that we put up. Mm-hmm. Almost in every status, probably like 90% of them. And that drives traffic to, it's basically essentially a landing page, right? People are reading what your company does. And there's a link right there to visit your website.
1: Ah, okay. so, so there's a rabbit hole, basically. There's a little, little crumbs you're leaving for people.
0: Exactly. And we insert the name of our company very organically, mm-hmm. which helps keep the posts well engaged with, so people don't feel like we're selling to them. Yeah. And just by the sheer amount of people that are viewing the landing page and viewing my profile, um, we have people come to the website, just reach out via email or LinkedIn Messenger. And again, it's probably a little bit harder to do um, LinkedIn statuses and try direct ROI to a software product, right? But mm-hmm. it's definitely there if you do, are in the service industry. And let's say you go to a conference. And we have a client who went to a conference recently, and his demographic is a lot older, So when they see him doing the cool hip stuff on LinkedIn, everyone's talking about it, right? Mm, They're all like, wow, you're really staying up to date (laughs) with what's going on. Like you're doing all this new stuff on LinkedIn. (laughs) And he's even retargeting them with Facebook ads. And they Mm. brought that up as well. And just because there's so few people to compete with in older demographics – this guy's just crushing it.
1: <laughs> wow. So let me talk about the breadcrumbs for a second, just to make it very clear for, for, for the people listening. So you leave a, you do a hashtag. Is that what you do? Hashtag and then the company name. And that then takes you to the company p- profile page on LinkedIn. And on the company profile page, you have a little bio, what you do, and then a link to the website. And then ob- obviously they go to the website and hopefully your website isn't crap and people can convert from the website, right?
0: <laughs> I would say our website's pretty awful right now. Okay, We're actually fine. getting it redone this week. Um, so it's been it's been a, like a three-month process of designing our own website because that's how it is when you design anything you own. <laughs> it's never-ending.
1: So creating the profile, uh, the, the, the business profile page, obviously is also an integral part of the process as well. You've got to have something there that's going to entice them to want to click the link, right?
0: Correct. Um, not always, though. Okay. And the reason for that is that people go through this emotion por- uh, driven story, right? So they're reading your copy about what your company does yeah. with a lot of emotions. And they're just, it's like if someone read a blog post, right, about your life, that mm-hmm. was very touching. And then once your homepage, where your sign up button is, right. the chance of them converting is just so much higher. Yeah. And it's like putting, distributing blog content at scale. That's how I see it because the same emotion that goes through.
1: That's so cool. Do you ever have like a like a call to action in the actual post itself, or you always just do the tag and that that just takes them to the to the profile page and then the website?
0: Yeah, I just tag. That's it. Um, I could make it. Yeah, I just tag. Sometimes I've distributed proposals at scale. I've only done it one time, but it worked extremely well. I said, comment on this post if you want a proposal of how i'm going to do x y and z for you and i listed out the benefits mm-hmm. and i think i had maybe 400 people comment and i sent out 400 proposals and this was when i was starting my, my membership God. community uh, <laughs> around seven months ago it, it worked really well to say the least
1: that's incredible and you're doing all this manually right
0: at that time i did it manually
1: <laughs> so are you using any like automated tools to be to, to help you with it now or you just uh, hired a team to help you with that
0: I use automated tools and some VAs, so the process is pretty streamlined. With that said, there are always days when automated tools do not work, and our developer is sleeping, and <laughs> and people are saying, you know, where's my where's my gift?
1: <laughs> what <laughs> so, gift? What what kind of tools do you use that that help?
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's just in-house custom-built tools. We. My co-founder, he's a programmer. We have a programmer and a data data scientist on staff. Are you going to share
1: those? Are you going to create businesses out of those?
0: We've thought about it for so long. Um, I just don't think that's us, to be Mm -hmm. honest. My co-founder would probably disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But with that said, I think I want to pursue the community route far more, and I don't want to lose track of that. I think that's what's going to truly help us become a global name.
1: Hmm. and have you thought about let's say doing and i'm asking you this for a specific reason um have you thought about creating courses that you charge for so you can create some more residual income because you can create a course on how to hack linkedin right easily and you could charge a couple of hundred bucks no problem right have you thought about doing that or are you so laser focused that you're just like that's 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 bird food i don't i don't want to get involved in that
0: Great questions again. So one of the things that I experienced is that I did create a course. Wait, Josh, are it. these
1: re- are you are these really great questions? Or are you just saying that? Because <laughs> I feel like you kind of like I feel like you have to say it's a great question. It's like it's a really great question. <laughs> so, so,
0: so the trick is if you say. That's a great question. It gives you a time to think, okay, to figure out an answer, right? Yeah, <laughs> so you know, the it's boy really that, just me stalling.
1: But the boy that cried wolf, right? Once you say it like every time, I kind of lose. I lose. Like the first time you said it, I'm like, ooh, I asked a great question. Second time, I was like, ooh. Third time, I was like, again, again, another great question. And then the seventh time, I'm like, okay, he's just bsing now. Like, I'm not asking great questions. He's just using it to buy time. All right, great. sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry Josh. All right, go well, on. Buddy. Good tool.
0: <laughs> uh, so what was the question again I told totally yeah,
1: I, kn- I, I, I knew I would throw you off but I had to say it because it's just like I, I needed to get it off my chest um, <laughs> so so rewind um, I asked you about the, the, the courses why you wouldn't get involved in courses is it because you know you want to be laser focused on creating what you're doing rather than the little breadcrumbs of creating courses
0: Yes, it's very hard to sell a number of different services at once. We just simply don't have the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were running a membership that was on track to make us seven figures this year. if We continued pursuing it, but it just didn't matter. The agency was more important and it's more scalable in the long run. You Mm -hmm. can build an agency to $100 million. You can't build a course to $100 million. And I need Mm -hmm. to put my focus where it matters most. Mm -hmm. and granted it doesn't mean you shouldn't do a course like if you're a lifestyle entrepreneur and you don't want to work crazy hours like i do and you know work with tons of people and have to work with a lot of employees Mm -hmm. then go do a course (laughs) right up your alley (laughs) i love it Um, for for me i simply don't have the time um i actually did get contacted by udacity they want to do a growth marketing course with me Mm -hmm. And I said yes, and the only reason is I don't have to do any of the distribution and none of the selling.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds cool. So the hundred million dollar—that's that's the goal—to build it into a hundred million dollar um, agency. Um, how do you scale that without having to like give up time? Because you know one of the things that I, you know, that we talk about in the entrepreneur space is how to scale a company so that you don't have to be. An, Involved in well, what was that? <laughs> involved in oh, trading. It's like <laughs> sounded like you were swatting a, a massive fly with like a hammer. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: so I left the front door open. Oh, okay, close this.
1: It's fine. There we go. I'm not even going to edit that out because it's quite funny. Um, and I don't edit. I don't edit my show, so whatever goes goes. Uh, so sorry for you people jogging out there, and suddenly you like thought you hit a truck. Um, what was I going to say now? I, I keep losing my track. So a hundred million dollars that's the goal um oh trading time for money so one of the things that entrepreneurs always you know what we try to strive for is to to scale up but without trading time for money how are you how are you going to do that with an agency
0: yeah it's it's very difficult to be honest the services industry is so hard and The only great answer for that is that we're doing sort of a community workaround and going to be building out membership communities in different cities. We already finished the landing pages. We're hoping to launch it ideally this week or next week. Mm -hmm. And it'll look similar to someone paying $99 a month, Mm -hmm. attending two founder dinners a month. They get access to awards, swag, and Obviously an exclusive network, a Facebook group for their city as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually pretty lucky and fortunate. I used to manage a membership across seven different cities for an events company. So I'm very familiar with what uh, the sales model looks like, and Mm -hmm. I think it's going to work out really well. And if it does, if it works for one city, we're just going to scale it across 50 as fast as possible.
1: <laughs> wow, so this is more of like a membership um, area that they have and, and it doesn't cost you much to run it and you don't have to spend much time. Similar to a course in a way, but in a, in a, in a sense with the course you've got to keep selling it whereas the membership area people just sign up and then they're in, right?
0: Yes, that's one thing I don't like about a course is that once someone takes it, they're the only thing you could do is upsell them into another course, right? Oh, right. Yeah, and it also goes back to this point that we discussed earlier, which is there's this low value items which creates some distance mm. between uh, the person who's selling and the customer. Yeah, and I think courses do that, especially if they're not tied to membership. So mm. we're very much about relationships and having that community. So we don't want to be selling those type of products um, and just because we love what we do and we love the people in the industry.
1: Amazing. So I just want to end off with, with one more question, Josh, um, which is, you know, talking about building this massive community and at the same time, you want to be personal. How do you do that? How can you have that personal touch and that personal deep relationship with, with every member when there's so many of them?
0: Oh gosh, um, that's that's a hard question, and the reason for that is I don't know. I'm figuring that out every day. Um, mm. It's one of the things that has really affected me, and just trying. To, and I think about it every day. Is like, how do I scale my time? I can't have one-on-one meetings with every single employee every day, right? Right. I can't even talk to every employee for thirty minutes a day if I wanted to. Right. It just doesn't work like that. And then I have the whole community to look afterwards. So I don't have a great answer for it at all. I'm trying to figure it out as I go along. And I think that's definitely one of the hardest parts about what I'm doing.
1: Mm. Okay, so then to be continued. So I guess when you figure that one out, Josh, we'll have to do a uh, sequel to this.
0: Awesome. Yeah, the final question stumped me. (laughs) I love it. Final question.
1: As long as it wasn't a great question, because you said it was a difficult question. So that's good. So there's some change there. Um, And for those listening that I'm I'm almost 100% sure that uh, people listening to this will want to, you know, find you and follow you. And, you know, what, uh, what should they do? I know you've got a, a book that you just launched, Content Machine, where can they get that?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, go check out the book Content Machine on Product Hunt. Feel free to join the Facebook groups, uh, the Facebook group Badass Markers and Founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just send me a personalized connection request saying you heard me on the show, and yeah, I'll be in touch. I'm very friendly. I respond to almost every message, at least I try to. So if you do reach out, um, chances are I will respond to you
1: nice well josh this has been so awesome um thank you so much for letting me pick your brain and thank you to my fellow brain pickers i'm looking forward to the day when i'll be picking your brain you've been listening to the can i pick your brain podcast inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth so to put these ideas into action head over to danielgevin.com.